the vision of our church in summary is uh, expansive pioneering act to church. We heard of that during our vision Sunday last week. The mission of our church is reaching seekers, building believers, raising churches. Reaching seekers, building believers, and raising churches. And this year, this 2021 strategy for our church is be a watering hole, build a watering hole, and own a watering hole. So today I'm going to speak on the first one. Be a watering hole. So today's message is titled Becoming a Watering Hole. If there is no water, there would be no life on earth. We know that. This is a common fact. Like it's, not, it's nothing new to you. It's something that you, you know already. If there was no water, there would be no life on earth. So somehow, water is life, or water maintains life on earth. Did you know that water makes up to 60% of an adult's body weight? 60% of my, because I'm an adult, of course. I, I, even though I look young, don't be fooled. It's just, the, it's just the outside, you know. I'm very adult on the inside. 60% of my body weight is made of water. Did you know that the human body cannot store water? We can't keep it inside. Every day we are constantly losing water and we need to hydrate ourselves daily. Every day we need to drink water to keep ourselves hydrated. This is not new to you. Water is one of the most important substances on earth. All plants and animals must have water to survive. One of the basic factors to be considered before settling a village, a town, or a city is water supply. Water is life. So as we talk about watering holes, we are talking about a place or a person who brings life to others. A person who brings solutions. A person who brings hope to others. A person who inspires others. Being a watering hole is a person who does what water does to people into others' lives. You become a watering hole. You become a source of life to others. Today's message, message is becoming a watering hole. In other words, becoming a person or a place where people find life. So how do you become a person who speaks life to others? How do you become a person who brings life into others' lives? I want to be that type of person. When people get close to me, they get encouraged. They get inspired by my words, by my actions. You, you, you feel alive when you leave me. When you, when you come to me, you feel like I, I want to be around, around him. I would like to be a kind of person who finds pain and brings comfort. Who finds confusion and brings clarity. There are some people, the more they step into your life, you begin to see life clearly. There are other people, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. 
Yes. Who finds despair and brings hope? Who finds a need and does something about it? I want to be that type of person who brings life into other people's life. So let's go to the Bible and find an example of a person who carried life and gave it to everyone he met. Jesus, our supreme example. We are going to read John chapter 4, verse 4 to 9. Now we had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar or Sychar. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to, to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. The first thing you need to do if you want to communicate life, if you want to transfer life, if you want to become a watering hole, if you want to be that person who brings solutions where they are issues when you need to bring hope where there is despair if you want to be that type of person which i want you to become which i want myself to become if you want to be that type of person the first thing you need to do is to always find a common ground with other people find a common ground there was a historical hostility between Jews and Samaritans because Samaritans are half-breed Jews. They are not 100% Jews. One of their parents met with a non-Jewish person and they were no longer considered as Jewish because they were already a breed. They were not pure Samaritans. They were not permitted to worship with other Jews. Jews. They were no longer considered as pure children of Abraham. Despite the hostility between the two groups, Jesus still decided to go there. In verse 4, it is mentioned that Jesus had to go to Samaria. It was an obligation to him. But in the process, he dismissed his disciples. You know why? They have that racially prejudiced ideas. They don't consider Samaritans as one of ours. So if I bring these guys with me, they're not going to allow this conversation with this woman. So let me dismiss them first. Then he goes to a specific town called Sychar. He went to a specific place called the well. And he didn't go to any other well in Sychar, but he went to Jacob's well. He didn't just go to Sychar at a specific well, but at a specific time, noon. You know why? Because at noon, at Jacob's well, in Sychar, Jesus was going to meet this specific woman. Jesus knew her schedule. Everything was done on purpose with a mission. 
Jesus knows where to meet people, when to meet people, and who to get rid of so that they don't interrupt the meetings. He knew. He knew. They were racially prejudiced. He knew. Jesus comes to this Jacob well because this woman is a half-Jewish and Jesus is a Jewish. They both respect Jacob as their forefather. Common ground. He is a Jew. He knows Jacob. He knows that woman is connected to Jacob. So let me go and start from there. Let's meet at Jacob's well. We agree together on at, at least that particular thing. We share a forefather. And Jesus understand. If we are going to help people, we must find common ground with them. Jesus' icebreaker was a request for water. You know why? They both agreed on water. They both needed water. Both children of Jacob, both needed water. What a beautiful way to start a conversation. The reason why we install air conditioning in our church, the reason why we serve coffee, the reason why we have beautiful stuff around, we try to. They may not be beautiful to everybody. The reason why we de decorate and we do all these uh, things is not because God needs this. It's not because our worship needs air conditioning. No, that's not the reason. The reason is we want to find common ground with anyone we invite to church. Church should look like, feel like, and sound like a place where normal people go. That's why I don't, I'm not wearing a dress, a, a, a white robe. Because normal people don't really wear white robes on the street. I'm not against white robes. As long as they help me to connect with people. But if it makes me look different from you, then you can't connect with me. So I will come with a jean, a tight one. <laughs> so you can feel like this guy is just, you know, one of ours. We do all these things to look common, to look common, to find a common ground with people. To be honest, God doesn't need all that. But we do. Human beings do need a comfortable place, a coffee to start a conversation. So we do all that to find a common ground. We may have different political views. We may have different cultural backgrounds or different religious views. But if we want to help people, we must start from a point that unites us. We go to meet people where they are, not where we are. Jesus started where the woman was, not where he was. Learn to talk about football. I have learned to talk about rugby, which I don't understand. I see people running over each other. But because I know I have some friends from South Africa who are addicted to rugby, I have to learn rugby. They are possessed by rugby. <laughs> I now love rugby. I love rugby. Why? Because I learned to find a common ground. 
Talk about cricket. Talk about the weather. Even with politics, learn to understand people before you dismiss their views. Find a common ground. We are on mission, Christians. We can't just dismiss people. If we are going to help people, if you are going to be a watering hole, you got to meet people where they are. Second point. Conviction and not condemnation. Conviction and not condemnation. Jesus keeps talking to this woman in verse 15 to 19. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. This woman is often represented or presented as an adulteress. Every time we read about this woman, the first idea that comes to your mind is that Jesus is telling her she's an adulteress. We see her as a broken woman, five husbands, and then the one she's living with is not her husband. But look at this. Watch this carefully. Jesus did not call her adulteress. Jesus did not say that. He, he, he used a language that was a bit polite to the woman and said, you have had five husbands, and the one you are with today is not your husband. Another thing that I see here, Jesus validated this woman. He called all the five previous men her husband. Do you get that? That validation. Because Jesus is not calling, saying, you have divorced five times. You are such a difficult woman to live with. Jesus saying, you've had five husbands. Jesus understands those five men, you may disagree with me. Jesus makes them legal husband in her life. You've been legally married five times. So Jesus is not calling those five relationships adultery. This sixth one is, but not the five. Because he calls them husbands, not other men. Do you get the point? Jesus is trying not to condemn the woman, but to bring conviction in the woman's heart. He's trying not to condemn the woman. That means, at that point, this woman was living in adulterous relationship. She was guilty of living with a man who was not her husband. Jesus was speaking the truth in love. He was speaking the truth in love. He did not compromise the truth. He simply spoke truth to the woman without prejudice. Sometimes we speak to people, we know they are wrong, and we start from they are wrong. We start by pointing finger, fingers. You will go to hell. You are wrong. Look at you. Do you even read your Bible? Do you know the, the sin that this woman was committing? Sleeping with another man who is not your husband in the culture at that time, was a crime. You were supposed to be stoned 
She was guilty of a cultural punishable crime that was punishable by death penalty according to the Jewish laws. But Jesus did not start by saying, you deserve to be stoned. Jesus started by bringing conviction and not condemnation. She had five legal husbands and Jesus recognized them. Jesus met her at the lowest point of her life. Where she, she got to compromise all her religious belief to survive. You, you understand, for a woman to be married five times and then be in an illegal relationship for the sixth time, it means all her religious beliefs have been dismissed. She was desperate. She was at her lowest point of life. She's now living in sin and Jesus met her there lowest point of her life without condemnation maybe that's where you are in your life lowest point of your life i have a promise for you jesus will meet you there that's what he does best he meets people at the lowest point of their lives when you've tried everything, you've tried one relationship, you've tried the second one, you've tried, you've tried businesses, you've tried deals, and it didn't work. Now you are confused and lost. Jesus says, I will meet you there. That's what he does best. Despite the disobedient lifestyle of the woman, Jesus' mission was not to expose the woman, but to expose himself to the woman. Jesus was not there to expose the woman's sin. He was there to expose him to the woman. To expose the love to the woman. Sometimes we go to people and try to expose their sins. Try to expose how bad they are. Try to show them how guilty they are. Instead of trying to show them the love of Christ. And I'm not saying we should compromise the truth. We should speak the truth in love. 23 to 26. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the king of worship, the kind of worshippers, sorry, the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers may worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. If you want to help people, don't try to expose them, but expose Jesus to them. If you want to help people in your life, at work, your neighbors, don't try to expose them or their sins. Expose Jesus to them. If you want to help people, don't shame them, but expose the truth to them. Becoming a watering hole is aiming at convicting people and not condemning them. Becoming a watering hole is learning to speak the truth in love. Truth without love is rudeness. And love without truth is hypocrisy. Don't just say, I love people. No, I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. Then you are an hypocrite because you don't tell them the truth. Truth without love is rudeness. And love without truth is hypocrisy. 
conviction and not condemning. And the last one is caring, care, 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 care. Jesus cared. We should care for people. If you want to become, if you, God is calling us to be watering holes, we need to care for people, care for people. John 4, 13 to 16, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. Jesus cared for this woman. Why? Caring is paying attention. Let me say that again. Caring is paying attention to people's need, fears, and dreams. If you'll forget everything today, don't forget this statement. Caring is paying attention to people's needs, fears, and dreams. Caring for your husband is paying attention for his needs, fears, and dreams. Caring for your wife is paying attention to her needs, fears, and dreams. Caring for your children is the same. Caring for your neighbor is the same. Caring for your employees is the same. Caring for your church members is the same. Paying attention. This woman's biggest fear was to be caught into adultery. Just imagine in that culture, those days... The kind of fear this woman was living in. If she was caught, she could have been stoned. She was living with a man who was not her husband. That was a, a death penalty worth of crime. But she was living in fear because she didn't want anybody to know. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. That was a fear in the heart of that woman. She could have been stoned. This woman's biggest dream was validation. Just imagine after being left by five men. And you know those days? For a man, a woman could not leave a husband, but a husband could leave a woman. That's really unfair. Unjust even, not just unfair, unjust. They give you a paper. They write. The husband will write, I don't want this woman anymore. That's the paper. Permission to get married again. The husband will give you that so you can go. And that woman will leave you that paper. If you come in her life, you'll ask her, are you committed to anyone? Oh, no, I'm not. This is my certificate. I've been given permission to get married to another man. And then that next husband gave her another paper. You, you get the point. And the third one gave her another paper. And the fourth one gave her another paper. And the fifth one gave her another paper. Something was wrong with this woman. Maybe. But when Jesus came, he don't, did not start from, maybe you don't know how to cook. <laughs> how can all these men are leaving you? This woman's biggest need was validation. She needed someone to accept her for who she is. To accept her for who she is, as she is. She was now living with this man just because. Despite of all the laws and the, the religious convictions, she knew she was wrong, but she, she needed someone to validate her. And Jesus met her need, validation. This woman 
was feeling worthless. Her biggest need was forgiveness of sin, acceptance, life itself. She needed the hope Jesus was offering. Jesus cared for her. Jesus paid attention to her needs, her fears, and her dreams. Jesus was a watering hole. He was the kind of person that once you meet, you'll never forget. Because you'll never live the same. Can we all become that type of person? When we meet people, we pay attention to their needs, fears, and dreams. So that we can make some difference in their lives. Jesus cared for people. His actions and word communicated life into other people around him. But look at what happens. Not only Jesus was a watering hole, but he transformed the woman into a watering hole. 39, 28 to 28, 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Okay, 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. This woman claimed that Jesus told her everything she ever did. That's not true. Jesus did not tell everything she ever did. In fact... What Jesus did was just to sow a seed. It is the Holy Spirit who convicted the woman of everything she's ever did. If you want to be a watering hole, just do your part. Just sow your seed. The Holy Spirit will do the rest in their lives. It's not our mission to go and transform everything in people's heart. But just do something and the Holy Spirit will do everything. Jesus said one thing. And the woman felt like it was everything because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Becoming a watering hole does not require a degree or millions in your bank account. You simply need to share what you have received. Your story is enough to share with others. Your experience is enough. Your income is enough. You know, you think, you know, I don't get enough. I wish, what? you know, the more, the more increase you get in your finances, the more needs you add on your budget. So what you have now is enough to be a watering hole to someone else, to help someone. Everybody has something to share. Nobody has everything, but everybody has something. You can say that yourself. Everybody has something. No one has got everything, but everybody has something. So if you pay attention to people's need, people's fears, and people's dreams, you will change many lives. You will change lives. If you pay attention to people's need, fears, and dreams, you will be a watering hole. Everyone wants to be around someone who pays attention. We all want to be around someone who pays attention. If your husband doesn't pay attention, you feel like the marriage is going down. If your wife doesn't pay attention, you feel like the marriage is going down. If your children don't pay attention, want your attention. Everyone wants to be around people who pay attention. 
We become watering holes when we pay attention to people's needs, fears, and dreams. Have you ever asked someone, what are your dreams? You know, if you have a company, if you have a business, you always rally people around the plans of the business, isn't it? The goals of the business, the, the, the strategy of the business. Do you even take time to ask people, what are you planning to do with your life? We are called to be watering holes. For us to minister, that is a Christian language, to minister to people, to meet the needs of people, to help people, we need to, one, find a common ground, two, aim conviction and not condemnation, three, care, pay attention to people's need, fears, and dreams.